to be a part of it. Everybody say amen. All right. Deuteronomy 28. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate that, man. Deuteronomy 28. The blessed life. Blessed. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. I want to start off by saying this, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you're not taking notes, you should still write this down. And even though I haven't read the text yet, don't get all religious on me, okay? Go, I can't take notes until you read some scripture. Look, we've sung enough scripture today. Take some notes, all right? When we talk about blessed, you talk about the blessed life, sometimes there's a connotation that we, that we as uh, humans and as believers, we throw into that. But I want to say, I want to start this entire series off by making a statement. There is a difference in the best life and the blessed life. There's a big difference in what we would call our best life and what is really a blessed life. Because the best life says this, you did the best you could do, you worked hard, you sacrificed, you had some luck, and that's how you ended up with the best life. The best life is what we can do, the best we can do. The, bl- the blessed life is what God can do. So there is a big difference. The best means that we worked for it. But the blessed life is when we work for him. And then what I found is when I work for him, he starts working for me. And I'm saying for me, he, I don't employ him. That means he works on my behalf. That's when the blessings of God begin to happen in your life. The word blessed literally means this, to have supernatural power working for you. That's the blessed life. And so you can focus, or I can focus on having the best life, taking my talents and and making good decisions and right decisions and and manipulating a little bit and and lying a little bit and doing what I got to the hustle and the flow, the grind, you know all that. The the self-made man or woman and we're going to make it. And You can have that life or we can have a life that focuses on the things of God, the ways of God, the will of God, And then God starts doing the work for me. Better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. That means one day in the presence of God equals a thousand of man-made days. So you and I can go do our work, spend our time, or we can say, God, I'm going to put my attention on you and what you want. And then suddenly... The good life becomes the God life. There's a difference in the best life and the blessed life, and there's a difference in the good life and the God life. The God life is when my life is focused on Him. And then what happens at that moment is when I begin to focus on Him, He begins to focus on me. So if you're writing down, write this down. The blessed life is really this, the God-touched life. That God touches your life. Deuteronomy 28 and 1. Y'all are a little quiet today, and I don't want to have to get upset, so don't get quiet on me, all right? Tay's here. We need him to move to Nashville. So 
Let him know that we like preaching, okay? Deuteronomy 28 and 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all of his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Let me feel like you're sometimes trying to chase after blessings. The blessed life is when the blessings overtake you, like they're hiding around the corner. They're sneaking up on you, you know? That's the difference in the good life and the God life. All of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, we're going to read 13 verses today. I know in an ADD generation, that's tough, but just stay focused with me, all right? This is the Word of God. Here's what he says. All of these blessings are going to overtake you. And then he begins to list all of these blessings. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. All you country folks say, yeah. Blessed shall you be in the fruit of your body. In other words, he's going to bless your offspring. The produce of the of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you and your storehouse. I love that. The Lord will command a blessing. He's going to tell the blessing, you go there and hang out in their storehouse. And in all, everybody say all. This is important. God will command a blessing on you in your storehouses and in all which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock. Y'all still with me? And in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the best wine, the best treasures, God will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season. And, here it is again, to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you take heed of the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. That ought to be your passage of Scripture this week. Matter of fact, what I love to do, I love to print these puppies out. I just print them out, 
give me some good best paper I got. Print it out, and I'll tape it up on my office. Or Kristen writes it on our chalkboard. We, we plaster it around the house. Make it your screensaver. Get into Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 113, and pray that in the morning time. Get it into you. Hide his word in your heart. Let it be a part of you. There are four separate times in Deuteronomy that God says, if you will obey me, that I'm going to bless everything you put your hands to. If, you, if those of you that like to know what those scriptures are, Deuteronomy 14, 29, Deuteronomy 15 and 10, Deuteronomy 23, 20, and then the passages that I just read here today. Four different times that he says, if you will obey if you will listen to what I'm telling you, I'm going to bless everything you put your hands to. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the blessed life. This is the kind of life that God wants us to walk in, the kind of life that everything we touch is blessed. Those of you that have been through our Next Steps night, you know what we talk about. We believe our mission here at the Hills is that every single individual would move into the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised. That every area of our life is blessed and overflowing. That there is generosity. Everybody say the abundant life. Those of you that have been with us since the beginning or you've been with us for a couple of weeks, you've heard me say this. Jesus Christ did not die just to get you out of and into He died so that you and I could live an abundant life. He was not massacred so you and I could just say, I'm a Christian. Thank you, Jesus. No, he died so that you and I could move in abundance. And we're going to spend the next several weeks talking about the blessed life. That is the abundant life. When everything you touch is blessed. It's like the Midas touch, you know what I mean? I know that ended up being a curse for him. But it really is that everything you touch is blessed, that it begins to multiply. And I can see some of you right now starting to turn me down a little bit because you're here in televangelist in your mind. You want to live the blessed life? Send in that check. And we become jaded and we become cynical. Matter of fact, I really prayed about this. I said, God, this series is not going to be the easiest series for me to teach on because I'm already fighting uphill. Because everybody's going to think, not everybody, a few people are going to think that I'm preaching this sermon because we need their money. But I'm not because this series is not about money. It's about putting God first and living the blessed life. So I wish maybe I could just take me out of the picture. So just during this series, don't see me as a pastor. Just see me as a fellow believer that has got a revelation of what God is wanting to do. I've seen it happen in my own life and in our own marriage, and I want everybody to be a part of this. The blessed life. Let me just say this. Everybody say everything. All that you put your hands to. Now in the Greek, that word all means all. And in the Hebrew too, that's crazy. It means everything, all of it. Everything. 
That would have been much funner if I'd have said everything in the Greek means everything, right? Man, can we edit that out for the audio so people hear that punchline? That would have been so much better. Everything. Now think about that. Not just your tithes and offerings. Not just what you do in church. Not just if you were in ministry. Everything you do is Bless. Somebody catch that balloon while it's close by. Oh, somebody help her. Somebody with hops. There you go. Way to go, Wayne. Wayne with a rebound. Put that in his stat sheet, somebody. Everything you touch is blessed. Now, there's this, those of you that were, how many were raised in church, some type of church? Raise your hand. I'm going to get them up. All right, so that's the majority of us. So those of you that weren't, just hear me out for just a moment, okay? A lot of us that were raised in church were raised this way. Sacred, secular. Right? Church, world. So it's like this thing of as long as you were in the four walls of the church, it was blessed. But when you stepped out on your job, you were just like everybody else. Right? The ministry's the anointed ones. I'm just little old me trying to make it through. Or maybe that one guy or gal in your church that you knew they were just sold out for God, you would think they're the blessed ones, but not me. But the scripture says every single one of us had the capacity and the ability to tap into the blessed life. Every one of us. And whether I'm in church with my hands, by the way, I wanted to run through a wall during that worship today. I'm going to tell you what, I don't know how when I turn around and look back, some of y'all aren't singing. I don't care if you're church of Christ. Look, at this point, some of our best worshipers are Church of Christ. Just There's a blazing guitar, and they're just singing up a storm. Grandma would not be happy with y'all, I'm going to tell you right now. Are those who are raised where, man, if you've got drums or electric guitar, then something's wrong or whatever it is. Look, when we're in that moment, I, we should turn around and everybody should be going, you, you are my first. Just bellering it, man. But that's not the only part that's blessed. When I leave here today, and when I go home, when I'm driving, I'm blessed. And when I stop and get gas, I'm, I'm blessed. And when I eat Sunday dinner, I'm blessed. When I get home, the blessing doesn't stop. I go in and my home is blessed. My dogs are blessed. It's a blessed life. And then when you get up in the morning and you go to work, listen to me, Monday is not the expiration date on the blessed life. Matter of fact, say this with me. Church really begins when church ends. That. We got this thing on us. We're like, as long as I'm in church, you know, I feel the presence of God. But, man, Monday, it just, 
And then Tuesday's even worse. And Wednesday, oh, if I can just get back to Sunday again. Look, I'm a Sunday boy. I love Sunday. I look forward to church. But my life is just as blessed on Thursday as it is on 10 o'clock Sunday morning. Amen. Come on, get that. Those of you that don't do Christian music, you do secular music. As long as your music is not promoting things of the world and things that are evil and things that kids don't want, don't need to be listening to, your life is blessed. You're not working in ministry. You're working what they would call a secular job. That is blessed. Are you doing everything you know to do to glorify God in that place? That place is blessed. You got it? We got it? I'm getting it. I'm trying to get it. The blessed life. Let's talk today about how we get the blessed life. Let's jump back to Deuteronomy 1 and 2, how we started this whole thing out. Now it shall come to pass that if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all of his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. We want the blessings to come upon us, right? That means they're going to come this way, and I want the blessings to overtake me. They're going to run faster than I can. That means it doesn't matter what mistakes you made, how fast you're running, the blessings of God run faster than you can. And it will overtake you. It will tackle you. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Write it down. Blessings begin with obedience. So I've got... I've got a whole, I've got just stacks and st- probably the hardest thing about studying for this series is just what not to say. Because there's so many things and so many scriptures and so much information that is out there. What did that one guy say? You asked me to speak for two hours, I could do that right now. Literally, right now, if you told me speak on the blessed life for two hours, I could go for it. Speaking for 30 minutes is what takes the time. Because you got to weed out and go, oh, man, that's good. Can't share that. All right, don't have time for that. Okay. But I would be wrong if I dove into this series without telling you that none of the blessings are possible if you do not have a heart to obey. Blessings begin with obedience. Deuteronomy, we read it, 1 through 13. It talks about the blessings of God. But Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68, 53 verses, we read 13 verses about the blessings. 53 verses deal with what happens if you don't obey. You're going to be blessed if you obey. But he says you're going to be cursed if you do not obey. The word blessing means that you've got what? Say it. Supernatural power. I love those of you going back through your notes. The word blessing means you've got supernatural power working for you. The word cursing means you've got supernatural power working against you. 
Have you ever felt like you're doing everything that you know to do, but you just can't quite make it? And you feel like, man, maybe there's something else working. Sometimes there is. Because we have not obeyed the word of God. We're not going to dive into it today, but we're going to get into Malachi because Malachi talks about the blessings and the cursings and talks about why you have things and why you and I don't have things. And you feel like that you put money in your pocket, but there must be a hole in your pocket because it's just out going out everywhere. You got your bags full. How many feel like on Friday your bags full, right? Yeah, I got that paycheck, bags full. And then Wednesday of the next week, that bag is really light all of a sudden. We've watched people get inheritances. We've watched people just have just windfalls, things that have happened. And in a month or a year, it's all gone. Why? Part of that is because they just made dumb decisions, all right? But other times, it's because they're not obedient with what God has told them to do. And so God cannot bless them. Everybody look at me. It is impossible for God to bless somebody that is not obedient. He cannot do it. It's against his nature. And nature is different than character. God doesn't have character. God has nature. Because character can be built. Character can be ruined. Right? God has nature. He just is what he is. He will never change. And so because of that, there are certain things that he cannot do. And one of those is to bless somebody that is obedient, not is disobedient. He just can't do it. Matter of fact, Malachi 3, and you can, if you want to get ahead of us, you can get into Malachi 3 and read that, not right now, when you get home. Malachi 3 says, you are cursed with a curse. He's like, I didn't curse you. This is something you have stepped into because you are being disobedient. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to be blessed. Come on, some of you did not even turn to your neighbor, much less say anything. Turn to your neighbor, be encouragement, and say, God wants you to be blessed. Now put that mint in your mouth, which you should have done before you said that. And say, but you're going to have to be obedient. We need to be obedient to several things. Let's deal with a couple of them today. We need to be obedient to the word of God. What does the word say? It is amazing to me, and I don't say this sarcastically or cynical, but it is amazing to me the people that have been raised in church, they know the Word of God, and they come to Kristen and I, or they meet with my mom and dad, they sit down with some of our lead team, or our elders, and they're going, man, I just, I just don't know what God wants me to do. And, and that, then we hear the story, and we're like, the Bible says, don't do this. If you and I are not listening and being obedient to the word of God, the very basis for the entire thing, the word of God, how are we?
we going to ever step into the blessings that God has for us? Because you and I both know that if we're not being obedient and doing things God's way, that even if we get the windfall, we're going to mess the whole thing up. We're just going to step out of it. The Word of God, being obedient to the Word of God. I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God. Last week, we talked about the presence of God. Man, wasn't that a strong day? If you have not, if you were not able to be here, get online and, and try to hear that. Listen to it because we talked about the presence of God and getting into the Word of God, putting Instagram way down the list and open up the Word of God first. Something we've been doing at our house. Before we get on social media, we're opening up the Bible app or opening up this app, the old-fashioned app, the leather-bound app. Open it up and getting into it, the Word of God, and hearing what God says long before I hear what kind of food someone ate last night or what selfie they took, right? Let's get into the Word of God. How many have been doing that this week? Have you seen a change in your day? Hadn't it felt better? I want to encourage, how many going to plan on doing that this week? Raise your hand. It ain't easy, I'm going to tell you right now. you got to change you because you wake up and you go, huh, I wonder what so-and-so did last night. Scrolling through and comparing and wondering why they didn't like your stuff. and Get in the Word of God. Spend some time this week. You're going to see how it changes everything in your life. The Word of God. Come on, get into it. Eat it. Smell of it. Just, ugh good for you and it tastes good too the Statlers I love you guys I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us the testimony on your video and and I've watched how God has done an amazing thing in their life and it's because they're obedient to what God is saying to them they're doing things God's way so don't blame God for not blessing us when we're not following the lessons and the teachings that he's given us. God, give us a love for your word. Give us a passion for your word because it's good for us. The other thing that we have to be obedient to is the voice of God, the spirit of God. What is the spirit of God speaking to you? What is the voice of God speaking? And we have so many different people from so many different backgrounds and and. There's some of you that, man, you were raised that with the Spirit of God and the voice of God. God just spoke to you every morning, and you were raised with people that God was always speaking to them. And, and some of you, like, when you hear God spoke to me, you're like, I don't know what that means. I'm not sure. Did you hear him? And we, we do have people. I don't really understand how to hear the voice of God. And we're going to do some teachings on that, how to hear the voice of God, and how to know what he's saying. God speaks. God speaks to us. That Holy Spirit that is in us, it wants to guide you. It wants to comfort you. It wants to direct you. I don't know what people do without the Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't know what people do without relying on God. We sat this week with Gwen Shannon and and her family as Gwen buried her grandson. And I watched Gwen just be the matriarch of that family and walk with her shoulders back and her head held high. Such strength, Gwen. You taught me so much about graciousness this week. She walked with strength, never complained one time, loved and cared on those babies. How does she do it? 
Holy Spirit. Relying on the presence of God. Elise, who's back working with our kids today, Elise lost her grandfather uh, last night. First thing we prayed, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit, comfort, move, minister. The Bible says this. The Bible says the letter killeth, and that's the old King James Version. The letter kills, that means the word, the law, kills, but the Spirit gives life. We always talk about being a church that is a junction. We want to be a church that is a junction of word and spirit. You ever been a part of a church that I would call them a word church, a Bible church, and they really prided themselves on being a Bible church, and anything of the spirit wasn't? You ever notice how dead and dry and boring it was? Why? Because you're going to church and you're just getting cut up. The The Bible says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And it cuts things apart. And so when you just read the word and all you're hearing is the word, it's just slicing you up. Slice, slice. I mean, we were raised up. We'd like, man, that was a good word today. Why? It hurt, man. He got in my business. Slices you up. But the spirit gives life. And the way God has set this thing up is he will cut us and then the Holy Spirit comes in and breathes life into that situation. And so you and I need to learn how to be obedient to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. What is God speaking to you? And most of the time, it's just a little nudge. You'll hear it, you'll feel it. And we'll say, we'll say, I heard God say. What we're really saying is, dropped in my mind. I felt it. Those of you that don't know how God speaks, God speaks through several ways. Through our mind, you'll drop a thought, and then through our emotions, you'll feel something. That's why the Bible says that the word, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Because you ever notice that's the two things that the enemy always attacks. What does he attack? Your emotions, right? And your mind. You just can't figure things out. You get all foggy. The enemy knows if I can just put a barrage of mess in their mind and mess up their emotions, they're not going to hear what God's speaking to them. But the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. You will never forget that illustration right now, will you? So when you're in that moment and you're feeling that stress, peace of God, I'm praying right now, most of the time, the reason that you're getting stressed out is because the enemy does not want you to hear what God is wanting to speak to you. Spirit of God, I'm going to calm myself. Peace of God, come. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. What are you saying? And then you listen to what he's saying, and then you obey. Not enough to read the Word of God. We have to obey the Word of God. He that is a hearer of the Word, but then doesn't do what the Word says, is like the man that built his house upon the sand. And the wind and the waves came 
and great was the fall of that house. But he that hears the word and then does them is like the man who built his house upon the rock and the winds and the waves came. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. If you just hear the word, but you don't do it, it's like the man that looks in the mirror and sees that he's got something on his face, but doesn't do anything about it. And just walks around with a big chunk of chocolate just right here all day long. Everybody say, hear, do. What is the word of God speaking to you? What is, what is the word of God? What is he revealing to you? What is the spirit of God? The voice of God speaking to you. Let me say something to you. You and I have to be obedient to the last thing that God told us to do. Or he can never bless us with what he wants to. Don't pray for the next if we're not going to do what we need to do now. We're going to be reading this passage over the next several weeks. Matthew 25, 21, the Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I'm looking at so many people that are believing for big things. How many believing for big stuff? You know God's promised some big things in your life can't ever step into it until you and I are faithful over what he has called us to do right here, right now. I drove by and saw that sign this morning, 321 million. How many saw that billboard today when you were driving? 321 million dollars. He says, send it my way. So when I wake up in the morning, it be deposited in my account. I didn't buy nothing. I don't know. It just showed up there. I don't know. Why would God trust us with any of that if we can't balance our checkbook now? Why? Man, if I could get that 321, man, I would pay my tithes on it. $32.1 million tithes. What about the 300 you got last week? Just start right there. I'm going to stand on stages and I'm going to preach to the nations, but you don't even know your neighbor. I mean, come on. We're going to do worldwide things, and God's going to do this, and you you haven't looked in your wife's eyes for two weeks. Come on, y'all. This is what I'm talking about. God cannot bless us with the big if we can't be faithful over the small. Right here, right now. I don't mean to sound mean, because that's really, that, I was actually talking to me. <laughs> have to be faithful over what God has given us now before we can ever move into the next. Blessings come when God becomes first in our life. One of the most 
popular passage of Scripture, Matthew 6, 33, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all. Remember what we said a moment ago? He says, when you obey me, all the things that you put your hand to are going to be blessed. That means your business. That means your career. That means your kids. That means your home. That means your future. That means your past. Everything is going to be blessed when you and I put him first, seeking his kingdom, his righteousness, make a commitment to be obedient, and all of these things shall be added to The blessed life begins by putting him first, being obedient to his word, being obedient to his voice, and then giving him our lives. Listen to me, over the next several weeks as we begin to talk about how you can move into the blessings of God, we're going to be talking about how you can be a better steward. We can be better stewards of what God has given us. We're going to be talking about getting out of debt. We're going to be talking about putting budgets in our life. Not just money, but time, energy, all of that. Come on, I hope this doesn't make you not want to come. I hope that you want to move into the blessed life and you're going to show up next Sunday, all right? Come on, help me. Please help me. Help me help you. Let's do this thing together. We're going to be talking about all of that, but it never, none of that can happen if you and I don't give him our heart. Nothing happens if we don't give him our life. Look, if you'll give him your life, you got no problem giving your money. If you give him your life, you got no problem giving him time. If you and I will love the Lord our God with all, everybody say all, of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then we got no problem serving and sharing. There's no issue there. The issues happen when we haven't put him first and we haven't given him all. Let me say one more thing. God's nature is this. He is above all. He is greater than all. He is number one. His nature will not allow him to be anything less than. Just can't do it. He's the first. He's the last. He always was, he always will be. There is nothing that's greater than him or bigger than him. Those are not just words on a piece of paper. That's how he is. So when you and I try to make him less than the best, he's up out. Can't do it. When you and I try to put him as second, third, fourth, or fifth in any area of our life, marriage, money, business, he's up out can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't. I want to. I would love to be in your life, but I can't do it. It is immutably impossible for me to go against my nature and be number two in your life. Can't do it. Does that rock anybody's world besides mine? Because it ain't about money. It's not about serving. It's not about, it's not, it's about putting him first. That's why we're going to be hearing over the next several weeks. That's what the power of the tithe. It is a first fruit. It's saying, God, I'm putting you first. The faith that I am putting down to say you are first in my life. Y'all ready? Come on, you ready? Ready to move into the blessed life? John, come play something. I'm going to receive that word this morning. You receive this today?
praying for y'all. Been praying for Bo. Oh, man. Dave, it's good to see you, man. Yeah. Come on, let's do this thing. Come on, Ben. And you, you are my first, you are my last, you are my future. 